Welcome to Stateside F1. I'm Joe Leonardo. Yeah. Vroom, vroom, vroom. That man making the sound of, I'm going to say, Max Verstappen running away with this driver's championship is Andrew Berger. How are you guys doing? And we are talking Wake Me Up When September Ends. So, Joe, we are, we are joined here today on this day. Um, this day of our Lord, yes, September 20th, 2022, a day which will live in infamy. <laughs> and we're joined by all the burgers. Yes. Why don't you introduce all your brothers? Exactly. <laughs> I was, I was about to. Okay. Anyways. Then I started quoting FDR. Sorry. <laughs> For his first time on the podcast, my brother, Ethan Berger. Howdy. How's everyone doing? We're doing great. He's a cinematographer, very talented makes uh makes makes uh some race car videos and shoots uh videos of fast cars and pretty pretty talented guy if you ask me pretty pretty great big fan of BMW as you can see in the poster in the back so he he's okay by me and then my other brother Matthew who's on the who's on the pod a couple months ago our uh director uh, former director of Terrier Motorsport and all around F1 fanatic and expert Matthew Berger. Thanks for having me back. I got to say I, I I'm very uh, happy to get this invite back. I thought after I corrected you the, the last podcast Andrew that was that was it for my <laughs> podcasting career for uh forever. We had a conversation at when once you left the uh the Zoom call and Andrew's like he's never on again. He corrected me how dare he do so? And I was like, he was very knowledgeable. We have to have him back. That's what I expected. And Andrew was like, no, never. So I, I'm, I will take all of the thanks for that one. Joe, Joe continues to remind me his favorite part of his favorite episode was when you corrected me. <laughs> <laughs> and also Ethan, I got to say, Matthew set the bar really high I know. for the burgers. Yeah. So it's, you have, a- uh, you have a high bar to meet. I'm, did my research this afternoon. Hopefully I can uh, keep up. So let's dive into it. Ethan, why don't we start with the topic you were itching to discuss, uh, safety car finishes. Well, how do you guys feel about the fact that the race ended on a safety car? I mean, a lot of emotions were stirred because of uh, at least Abu Dhabi at the end of 2021. Yeah, so we're speaking about Monza uh, a couple of weeks ago at this point. I, I got to say it didn't bother me. I, I, really, I don't yeah. mind it. It doesn't have to be... Th- it's not an orgasm, you know, formula one isn't sex. It doesn't have to end with a huge (laughs) climax. It always does for me. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's a sport and, and there's rules and that anything can happen. And when anything can happen, that means crazy good stuff and fun stuff and big stuff can happen. And also mundane, boring things can happen. If it's nothing but exciting, then it feels like entertainment and like the WWE and as opposed to just, sport i feel like yeah. i feel like as a fan i'd want to see racing i feel like i've been thinking about this all week and i feel like if uh i think the sport if there's a safety car in like the last 10 or five laps should uh, red flag the race so they could at least restart it so drivers have a chance it seemed like when i was watching monza that uh lewis really had a chance because of his uh, fresher tires than max i think he actually could have been on the podium maybe even for uh p1 Sure. Well, that's, these are two different conversations now. So we, so the, the question that was asked was, how did I feel about it ending with a safety car? And I said, there's rules in place and they followed some rules, right? As opposed to Abu Dhabi right. last year, which kind of felt like that was a decision made by one person. 
if they change the rules and then make it so when the safety car comes out and maybe they stop counting laps or whatever until the track is cleared or whatever it is, you know, they also have the rule that races can't go longer than three hours. There's, there's all these different rules. Anyways, that's fine if they change the rules for that, but picking and choosing when to apply the rules, I'm not a huge fan of. I agree. I would have loved to see it end in a race, right? I enjoy watching the race, but I, I just, I'm very much a stickler for uh, fair competition. I gotta yeah. agree. And I think if I'm a stickler for anything, and I know the FIA certainly is in this respect, it's about safety. You know, they can't always red flag. Uh, if there's five or 10 laps left, they they can't red flag just because they want to end it in a race. They got to do whatever is safe. And at that point, the safest thing to do was bring out the safety car. And sure, they could have brought it up maybe a little bit earlier. So Max could have caught it and there would have been potentially one lap. But the margins are very close. They just got to do whatever is safe and they don't have all the t- luxury of time to decide. The, uh, the race stewards just need to do the safest thing at the moment when, as soon as they can decide that. Yeah, I think was Monza the track where uh, Antoine Hubert uh, had his fatal accident? That was Spa. And because of that, they also had to, uh, I, I'm pretty sure the FAI, FAI didn't uh, support, they didn't uh, pay for it. It was uh, the Belgian Grand Prix Association who owns Spa, but they had to re-grade uh, the entire uh Eau Rouge and Radion section of Spa that's been so famous uh, for the past 60 plus years, they had to change the entire thing to, to make it more safe because that's what uh, racing is all about. I was watching, I guess, small tangent, I was watching part of the the Grand Tour, which is uh, my favorite three TV presenters from Britain, Jeremy Clarkson, Richard Hammond, and James May. They had a new special come out on Grand Tour on Amazon called the Scandi Flick. And there's a scene where these two, they're, they're three middle-aged men. So it's actually amazing that they're dumb enough to do this. They, they go into a missile silo that they didn't realize was occupied by the Dutch. Because apparently there's a war going on that I didn't know about also. And so what happens is they, they drive to this, this hole and the lights go on as you drive through, and then there's a big red light at the end of this tunnel, which signifies you should break or that you know because you have to turn off. And these guys are like, you know, why don't we see how fast we can go and then stop right when we see the red lights go on, and hopefully we won't hit the walls. And of course, in the show, James May goes right into the wall, like clobbered <laughs> his car and his ribs, and that just it makes me think that viewers want to see more crashes and safety. Safety's boring. Well, viewers want to be entertained. There was a Simpsons episode where Homer goes and sees a NASCAR race and apparently like a crash never happens, but there's a funny clip where like the whole stands are like, every time a crash is about to happen, everyone goes, (gasps) and then nothing happens. They go, Oh, and there's one scene where a car clips another car and then flips into the air and everyone goes, Oh, but the car perfectly lands on its four <laughs> tires and continues to drive. And I was like, dang it. Right. So there's, <laughs> that's kind of a great joke. Just saying like the viewers want to see the, the possibility of something. I don't want to say bad. I guess it is bad happening. Right. That's the risk of, of driving these very fast vehicles. Something fatal could happen. Something horrible could happen. But I think the sport side of it is the pilot in the car being able to 
race at the limit of what is safe. There are, there are rules to what's safe and unsafe. And how close can you push that boundary to yeah. you having control over the car? Uh, Mario Andretti had a great quote. I think it was Mario Andretti. We can look this up and maybe put it in the show notes. But he's like, if you have complete control of your car, you're not racing. Yeah. Right? It's being a little bit behind the car, being a little bit out of control. How far can you push it? And if you're overstepping, then you're reckless. If you're just pushing beyond it, that's superstar. That's world champion. If you're too scared to make that little bit extra push, then you're Latifi. I don't know. Then you're someone who's not performing as well. You know, number 21 in the driver standings of 21 of 20 drivers. (laughs) Exactly. Nicholas Latifi. DeVries, I mentioned this to you. I messaged, didn't I message it to you? I'm like, if DeVries makes points. You did. Latifi is going to become 21 and this is going to be huge news. (laughs) It's not only one. He scored two points there. It was quite impressive on his debut. You're right. DeVries, he, he won a lot of fans. Like if he. Definitely won a lot of clout. Did he get a drive? I don't. No, if he did. I think they're talking about him possibly racing again for Williams in Singapore. I heard about that. Because they don't know what's going on with uh, Albon. Albon is still undergoing uh, treatment for his or for his appendicitis. I think he's been out of the hospital for a while, but he's still uh, in recovery. So it just depends on how he feels. And Singapore is a very notoriously uh, athletically, physically demanding track. That's so super hot. I made a TikTok when this whole when the Alex thing went down uh, of like just joking that like Alex Albon crawling back into Singapore and people in the comments were like, it's three weeks away. He'll be fine by then. It's like I went back to work like a couple days later. It's like, yeah, you work at what? Wendy's like you work at a, re- a register or what, what else? Whatever. The, I don't know. You're whatever your mundane job is. Imagine driving 200 kilometers an hour for over an hour straight the stress that puts on your body. It's two completely different things. Yes, you can do your job that barely requires you to be conscious, but like it's different than stressing your body for like over an hour. I have a friend, I think he works at FedEx and I have another friend that wrote a song called I Work at Wendy's. (laughs) (laughs) Honestly, my favorite fast food. I love the Junior Bacon Cheeseburger. The Baconator is great. Burger King is a close second, but Wendy's is it for me. Nah, dude, it's all about the spicy chicken nuggets and dipping it into the Frosty. Another fantastic order. I'm a big fan of Cane's Chicken, if I have to choose. Uh, They're typically Southern in the U.S., but they have a location in Boston right on BU's campus. And uh, depending on how BU Hockey does, we can get a discount or a free uh, four-piece box meal. And Cane's Chicken is so good compared to Popeye's or KFC or anything. That's just my... That's my opinion. Must be better than Sticky's finger joint, though. I went once, never again. (laughs) But speaking of American and Southern food, Colton Herta, IndyCar, super license. Can we just say A-plus transition? That was a great transition. And I just got to say... Snaps for that one. (laughs) How pissed I am at the FIA for not giving a flying shit about any of this. They actively try to encourage uh, F2 drivers to go straight from F2 into F1. That's fine. They they go Formula 4, F3, F2, F1. They want that lineage and they're pushing that as hard as they can. So because of that, they disincentivized IndyCar. Even though IndyCar goes faster and is a... you know, more commercially viable 
uh, single seater racing series than Formula Two ever will be. Oh, yeah. And more affordable to attend the, the races. And more affordable to attend, absolutely. Because typically Formula Two is a uh, like a secondary race to an F1 race in Europe. But there's less super license points for IndyCar races. And you can't earn any points on the oval tracks, which is a significant portion of the IndyCar calendar. So it's because of that reason and the... In general, less super license points uh, Colton Herta or any driver could get in IndyCar, Colton Herta is not eligible to race in Formula One, which I think is despicable. And it's only like a handful of points, right? Is it like it's a like couple points, points, points or something? Yeah, he has like 32 and you need 40, or he's in the 30s and you need 40 Oof. total. Yeah. And by the way, this whole super license uh, thing it exists because of Max Verstappen joining a Formula One at the age of 17. So they tried to stop that to put in the super license uh, barrier. But oh, Max shouldn't have given him that championship last year, Michael Massey. <laughs> you have a championship winning driver who made his way into Formula One. You could you could say it was early. He couldn't drive in, in some countries or drink anywhere or except Europe. But, you know, it, it's disincentivizing and I think it's hurting the sport. Yeah, I heard yeah. one of the reasons too is so you don't buy a seat, right? So you can't just have some rich kid like Lance Stroll or something. Which, but he Lance Stroll won F3, right? Wasn't he an F3 champion? He was an F3 champion and pretty good in Formula 2. I'm not sure yeah. what his results were, but at the end of the day, you need to pay your way to get up to Formula 1 at some point. You need to find sure, a sponsor sure, sure. or daddy's money, whatever it may be. Yeah, Colton Herta is... He comes from Brian... He's the son of Brian Herta, who's another multi-IndyCar multi world champion... Uh, champion and he's from a racing family so if he has the money he has the connections to make it in but it's obviously not happening at this point i read an argument for the points was well indycar is not open cockpit like formula one like yes that one thin piece of plexiglass is the reason why it's half the points it wasn't it designed by red bull too actually or maybe delara yeah the the indycar aero screen uh, was designed by red bull technologies that's right and the chassis Delara. And uh, Joe, you were right. Lance uh, Stroll won uh, the Formula Three Championship in 2016. But he didn't. Also, Kimi skip F2. It's like so. He I did. guess did Stroll, Max Verstappen, and Kimi Räikkönen all skip F2 just to, and jump to F1. That's right. Kimi, I heard somewhere, only had like 19 races or some absurdly low amount of races to his name before he got into a McLaren. I think McLaren was his first team too, which is that's a F1 royalty, especially back in the early 2000s. Did he race for Sauber or was I thinking of Felipe Massa? I know maybe one maybe it was both of Sauber them for a year. Fact check. But anyways, yeah, Kimi and Max, that's ridiculous. I remember actually when Verstappen his first year of Formula One, when he was on the podium, they had to give him like apple cider or something to spray on the podium instead of uh, champagne. Hi, everybody. Joe Leonardo here. And this is Andrew Berger. Along with being the hosts of Stateside F1, Andrew and I are audio engineers with thousands of hours of podcast experience. Between the both of us, we've worked with a wide variety of companies from Google to Discovery as editors, mixers, sound designers, and even social media managers. If it's a companion podcast for a TV show or just a hobby among friends, we can help you with your podcast. 
feel free to reach out to us at statesidef1 at gmail.com. One of my favorite all-time um, Leonard Norris, you know, of all of his f- famous interviews, and he's he's a really funny guy, charismatic, uh, back when Alonzo was still on McLaren. I think this is maybe 2018, and Leonard Norris was the test driver. Uh, Leonard Norris was getting Alonzo coffees during winter testing to, to, to keep Alonzo warm. He, he kept, he was like his butler, kept getting him coffees. It was quite funny. I feel like Fernando uh, would do some sort of power play like that. That oh, seems yeah. like Alonzo thing to do. Because Alonzo's just insecure. I, oh, and Kimi Raikkonen did race for Sauber his freshman year of Formula One. And then he went to McLaren. and Yeah, he was promoted for, for, as a test driver in Sauber in 2001 after lapping half a second quicker than their primary driver. Sounds like a Nick DeVries, uh, Latifi, Albon situation. And you were right also, Andrew, there. He had uh, 23 races in his name before his, he was granted a super license. That's nothing. Wow. Was Kimi leaving McLaren the reason why Lewis uh, started his career with McLaren in 2007? Both drivers left, actually. Because I think it was David Coulthard and Kimi. And Kimi went to Ferrari. And Coulthard went to Red Bull. So they had, you know, that's that's how they had uh, Alonso and Hamilton, the whole new lineup. A whole new era. Yeah, and I think he podiumed his first race... uh, Either podiumed, yeah, I think he podiumed his first race. He came in third, Lewis Hamilton. Yeah. Doesn't surprise me. It's insane. Well, it surprised everyone back then, but looking back on it now, I guess it's not that surprising. (laughs) Well, speaking of past greatness, Vettel won the last Singapore. So let's transition to doing our Singapore predictions. That was the worst transition ever, by the way. I think that was great. That was, <laughs> that was pretty clean. You got me on that one. Did he win with Aston Martin or Ferrari? Ferrari. They haven't raced there since uh, pre-COVID. Oh, right. It's probably yeah, 2019 right. Ferrari. Oh, my God. Yeah, 2019 Ferrari. Ferrari. It's crazy. Yeah, it just shows think, you how much Formula One can change just in a couple of years. Yeah. Right. That transition worked because I was like, oh, my God, Vettel and Ferrari. What a what a it, dream. Yeah. <laughs> it only took three years for Mattia Bonato to be like, Yes, maybe we should make some changes in the team. Speaking of Vettel, apparently um, Alpine wanted to test him at the Hungaro ring, even though he announced that he is retiring. I don't know what the hell's going on with Alpine. And this was mentioned on the like F1 Nation podcast. So this isn't like Whoa. this. This isn't like you know just rumor mill rumor. It's I think there's some validation to this. Sounds like Alpine needs to get a lot of their stuff together with with the whole uh, um, what was that driver who they signed but really didn't. So now he's Piastri, Piastri, right? The whole Piastri situation. Alpine. I don't know if it's a lawyer. They're 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 going to get rid of uh, yeah. That driver academy is going to be gone because they're like, why invest all this money to (laughs) train all these young drivers and then they just another team that doesn't have a driver academy could just use that money to poach. So that's a whole thing. I know Ferrari has one, Red Bull has one, Alpine, Mercedes must have one as well. I think Williams is their driver's academy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I need Gasly out of AlphaTauri. Gasly, he's, I hope he's not the new Daniel Ricciardo, but 
I, I, I just, I like Gasly. He, he gets screwed too much. All right, Singapore. First race in October. Coming back from this short break here. Andrew, let me get that poll for qualifying and then your predictions for first, second, and third. All right, so looking at the track, I really want to say pole position will go to Leclerc. And then my one, two, three, I would love to see Russell win this race. So I'm going to put Russell, and I'm going to put this on my um, Forecast F1 prediction as well. So Forecast F1, for anyone who has heard of it and doesn't know much about it, it's a website where you could log in and put your top 10 and fastest lap predictions for the race of that week. And the predictions are open until, I think, the Thursday before the race. And then you can see if your prediction was correct and where you land in the top of whatever country you're from and then in the world. And one little added thing. Yes, if you please. do sign up, anybody listening, DM us on Instagram, message us on TikTok or wherever else and tell us and we'll add you to the stateside F1. We have a little league going on. So we'll tag you on Instagram and put you on our stories and all that stuff. Ethan's also going to be filling it out. And Matthew's also going to be filling it out for Singapore. So we want to get a nice big old league going. Our goal here is to dethrone Andrew. He's his head is getting a little too big. He thinks he's now like the king of Formula One predictions. He's going around. He's screaming at children. (laughs) He's scaring the citizens of New York City saying, I'm the best. I'm the best. I, I am. So we really need to humble this man. So if you can. Make your predictions. Tell us about it. We'll add you to our league. Maybe we can dethrone this tyrant. We already dethroned one monarch this week. (laughs) Maybe we could do another. I don't know if I'm going to leave that in or if I'm going to cut that out, but we'll see. Uh, Spicy. (laughs) We'll see. Oh, my God. We'll see. My mouth's burning from that. (laughs) The spice. All right. So we. I'm sorry. So your poll was Leclerc. Leclerc. uh, And what was your one, two, three again? So my one, two, three is going to be Russell... For first, Verstappen second, and Leclerc third. Interesting. I'm sticking with it, you know. Okay. I, I don't want Verstappen clinching the championship this race because then Formula One just gets like, it could either go one of two ways. If he clinches the championship, then they actually just let everyone, everyone, <laughs> everyone vomit. Yes. <laughs> No, then they, well, everyone will be vomiting because Verstappen has just destroyed this year incredibly. But yeah. if Verstappen clinches, then all the teams will just be like, screw it, everyone just race. It's a free-for-all. The points are decided. No, well, there's still the race for second. There's still a lot of constructors' points to go for. Yeah, we still have the battle between uh, Mercedes and Ferrari. We still have the battle with McLaren and with Lando Norris and, Alp- and Alpine. Lando Norris is overrated dude but but I'm just talking just I'm looking at numbers here let's not let's remove the heart from it I'm just saying the there's actual battles going on between McLaren and Alpine and and Mercedes and Ferrari like those are still contentious uh races and stuff so you know I'll I'll do mine right now so Paul's gonna be Max Max is gonna win he's gonna clinch it it's it's done 
if anything, I think he's going towards he's going for the record of the the longest winning streak, which I think is Vettel. Someone correct me if I'm wrong. I think you're right. I think Vettel has the longest winning streak. I think to do that though, Red Bull and Max would have to win the rest of the races this season, which might be a bit difficult, but I, they're going for it. I, I I I I don't see it as impossible. I think the the Red Bull car and Max as a driver, they're on a different planet. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> he's one with the car. Everybody I'm watching like talk about these races and doing debriefs about these races are sometimes I'm like, are you guys in a fantasy world? Are you not watching what's going on? You can hate Max Verstappen. I don't I don't care what your personal opinions are on him, but you cannot deny that this man is unstoppable right now and the car is unstoppable. So right now I'm I'm doing pole max, I'm doing one max. And I'm not even a huge max fan, but I'm giving credit where credit's due. So pole max, number one max, two, I'm going Charles. I don't think Mercedes has a car for Singapore. I really don't. So I'm gonna say three is signs. That's all right. that's I'm going Red Bull, Ferrari, Ferrari. Okay. Fair enough. My predictions. I have the same predictions as you, Joe, but I'll start with my pole position is also Max Verstappen. Uh, You know, Red Bull is on a tear, like you were saying this year, and they're going to clinch it. If it's not this race, it's the next race. Verstappen's going to win it, so I think think they'll clinch this race. The car uh, is suited towards every single track they've thrown at it this season, pretty much, and Singapore is no different. High downforce, great for AJ Newey's cars. Uh, I think Sainz and Leclerc will round out the podium. I had for quality, I had uh, Leclerc, Perez, and Sainz. So I had Max P, uh, starting P4. And in the race, I had Max P3, Leclerc P2, and Checo P1. I think Checo, I think Checo's going to be like the Daniel Ricciardo at Red Bull at uh, street circuits. He performed really well at Baku earlier this year. Baku and Singapore are very similar tracks. They're both the same race distance. I think Checo's... Uh, going to be a better driver this that weekend. Ethan is the joker of our podcast. <laughs> They're going to have some variety, guys. <laughs> His BMW flag is fraud. He put it up five minutes before he got on the show. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sweating through this hoodie. Speaking of famous BMW Formula One drivers, though, today, September 20th, is happy birthday to Juan Pablo Montoya, who uh, clinched, I think it was, five of his F1 victories for uh, BMW Williams back in the early 2000s. Yeah, they were competitive too. They they were racing with Ferrari and Michael Schumacher then. Uh, Montoya and Schumacher had some spicy uh, battles and words towards each other during the that era of Formula One. Schumacher was he when when he was dominant like Lewis. They were they were very similar. They were just like they were bullies on the track. They just they you know they wanted the win, so they just went for it. I'm going to say something that's probably a little controversial. Uh-oh. Schumacher, to, I, like, I can't stand watching the guy. I, I think he's... Michael or Mick? Like, uh, Michael. Like, okay. I, like, watching interviews and stuff, he seems... I think this is... You need this mentality to be world champion. You need to really have faith in yourself. But he just seems... I, I don't know what it is. But the way he, like, kind of, like, talks about himself... Same thing with uh, Senna. I guess it's just a, a way of carrying yourself as world champion, but it's like they're gifts from God. I, I guess it's one of those things you just have to have this uh, mindset to, to be a world champion. So I don't know. This is just me with um, low self-esteem hating on people that are achieving their dreams, I guess. I mean, Joe, I guess, this is a great therapy session. I'm not releasing this episode. I've actually <laughs> been recording this so I can save money on talking to a therapist. 
Well, if you post it, you can listen to it anytime you want, and so can all of our viewers. <laughs> no, I'm posting it. We're doing it. And I'm leaving that thing I said in about the queen. Do it. <laughs> Joe, as, as, future, <laughs> as future as future F1 forecast F1 uh, world champion, I I can attest to uh, what you said, and I also feel as confident as Senna and Schumacher did in their eras. It is my time now. Thank you for listening to Stateside F1. Please like, comment, subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your sweet, sweet podcast content. Follow us on Instagram at Stateside F1 and TikTok at Stateside F1 Podcast. And feel free to DM us. Send us memes, comments, questions, suggestions, etc. We will respond and follow you back. See y'all in two weeks after the race. Later, y'all. Thanks for being on, Ethan and Matthew. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having me.